Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. What a second hour we have coming up for you on Oilers Now. We already had Elliot Friedman on the show today as we did a flip with Louis DeRice, uh, Louis uh, DeBrus because of... Uh, travel uh, implications. Brian Burke in about 29 seconds time and the entertainer himself Eddie Shack, as well as uh, the head coach the best team in the Western Hockey League and Brad Lauer. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. Text us on our Ashley Fine Floors tax line. I'll get to some of those texts at about 123 today at 630, 630. We are going to head off and uh, hook up with Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Brian, we have Eddie Shack coming up. Could you imagine if you were in the league role when Eddie was playing and some of the stuff that used to go on on the ice, you would have been serving up uh, 20 and 30 game suspensions left and left, left and right. Well, A little bit different time, eh? different time now. Well, my favorite Eddie Shack story is uh, Gordy Howe, while he was still alive, told me that one night they were playing at Maple Leaf Gardens and Eddie Shack, he lined up on the faceoff and Eddie Shack said, hey, but I don't feel so hot tonight, so let's just take it easy on each other, make it look good, rub each other out, but no no big hits. So comes down in one end, and Gordy has a chance to drill him, and he doesn't. He rubs him out, takes him out easy. And around the other end, and Eddie Sack just about kills Gordy. <laughs> and, and Gordy says, I thought we were taking it easy on each other. And Eddie said, do you think we're serious? <laughs> Yeah, Eddie, uh, I think they had a, a, a detente between the two of them as their careers went on. I'll get Eddie to maybe highlight that a, a little bit as well. Uh, Brian, we're in Pittsburgh, uh, the home of Sidney Crosby. And uh, By the way, is, is Pittsburgh, just maybe educate our listeners, I mean, you, ca- you carry dual citizenship. Is Pittsburgh a bit of a hidden gem in the NHL? I mean, I think it's a pretty nice city. It's a nice city, and you've got, all, you've got you know, football and baseball there, which... Hockey players like that, having, you know, major league pro teams in the same city. Uh, no basketball there, but you've got great college sports there. So that's a draw. There's nice places to live. The traffic's a little tough. You know, it's, uh, you have to go through a tunnel, one of several tunnels or bridges to get downtown, and that gets to be a hassle in the morning. But, yeah, hidden gem, great practice facility, great setup. 
Yeah, and sort of, it's it's almost got a, I mean, today it's raining. We're, we're just going to tweet a photo out from our uh, hotel, which is up on about the 20th floor, and you can see PNC Park. It's less than three-quarters of a mile away across the river. But when you come from the airport in out of that tunnel into the city at night, it's beautiful. Like, it's a yeah. real cool look. Uh, the Oilers coming off much-needed, and they needed that win last night in Columbus. Leon Dreisaitl, two goals, three points. He's tied for the NHL league. Leading goals, he's right up there with points. And since this, well, he's leading the league in points since the start of last season. He's tied with Ovechkin in goals, and he's third in the NHL in points. Uh, Connor and Kucherov lead the way in points. This guy's right there, isn't he, for top players in the league? Oh, for sure. Like he's got the full skill set. He's got a, a hard, accurate shot, so he can score. He can make plays. He's got size. So he does a lot of. Th- Even in the game yesterday, I said this on TV. Yeah, he scored three points, but he took some face-offs. He, he used some penalty killing a couple times. I mean, it's, he does it all. Yeah, it's and you guys were in the mix in 2014. We've talked a bit about it before. Uh, you got Bennett at four. Uh, I saw uh, Prince Albert played the Oil Kings that year in the playoffs in 2014. Edmonton won the Memorial Cup that year. I did not see Leon being the sort of goal scorer that he's turned out to be. Um, I thought for sure he'd be a 25-goal, 75-point guy, Brian. What did your What did your scouts see? What did you see at that time? Well, we spent a lot of time with him. We weren't sure what Edmonton was going to do. You know, Sam Bennett was rated really high. We loved Sam, um, but we loved Leon, too. We, I remember uh, Brad Trillman and I took him out for supper near the airport in Toronto, and, um, or near where his hotel was near the airport, and, uh, and we spent a lot of time with him and our our team shrink really uh, spent some time with him. Really liked him. We interviewed him extensively, so we, we were very high on him, and not surprised that he's done this well. Did I see a leading scorer in there in the NHL? Probably not, but we thought he'd be elite. Yeah, well, and he's certainly elite. That, by the way, that was the year that people made way too much about Bennett's pull-ups, right? I was I was at, I was at that combine in Toronto. I'm like, what does that have to do with being a hockey player? <laughs> Well, first off, he, had an, he had an injury. He had an when injury, he to, right? When he got to training camp with us, he did a, a mess of pull-ups. So it was an injury thing. But I, you know, as I said at the time, I've never seen a pull-up bar in a rink, and still, still looking for one. There's one in Nashville by the visitors' uh, locker room. And at my current weight, Brian, I can no longer do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had two uh, two shoulder surgeries, so I, I can't do one. Uh, there you go. Uh, there you have it. Hey, uh, a couple other things. So, so Drysaddle's uh, driving it. You got Crosby and Malkin. Uh, by the way, I, I don't. Would this surprise you? This this message got passed along to me by a guy who uh, knows Pennsylvania pretty well, and he said people don't realize who do you think's missed more games since their NHL career started, Sidney Crosby or of Jenny Malkin? I'd say Malkin. And it's been Malkin. And I would have thought it would have been Crosby. But it's it, it, it has been Malkin, and he is a spectacular player. We've got Pittsburgh and Edmonton Sunday, or Saturday, rather, 11 o'clock on Sportsnet. I mean, that's it, it, it's not just Crosby versus McDavid. If Malkin can come back, you got dry settle Malkin. Makes for a great storyline, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and Sid, Sid missed a couple big chunks with concussions. Like, it's not like he hasn't been durable. Uh, if you add up his games missed, and again, I'm sitting in my truck. I can't pull this up. I guarantee yeah. you, there, he has not missed a lot of time other than after he got knocked out in the outdoor game and the second one. So he's been a durable player. 
Uh, Malkin has to a point, too, but the last couple of years, Malkin's gotten banged up, I think, each of the last three years. You know, you mentioned something there. You talked about injuries. Um, we have a 50-man reserve list. Most teams don't like going above 48. The Oilers are at 48, not including Paul Yarvey, who they have the rights for. Given how seriously we we now deal with things like concussion and injuries, do we need to re? Should we make the uh, you know make that protected list fifty five instead of fifty? Well, I'm going to correct you on one thing. You're allowed to have fifty players under contract. The reserve right, fifty players larger than that. Fifty players right, under sorry. contract. So you guys okay. you would have access to. So you'd have twenty three, say at Edmonton, say another twenty five in Baco. Uh, so now you're at 48, 46, 47, and then you've got to be very careful about adding to that because at the end of the year, there's always a college free agent you want to get in on. There's always a European free agent you want to get in on. So teams are really careful about that space. But I think if you went to 55, the big market, the big market teams just sign as many guys as they want to. Okay. Kind of like Detroit did back in the mid-'80s when I signed all those NCAA guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Speaking of Poliarby, Ken Holland is heading uh, for a tournament in Finland next week. It goes uh, November 7th to the 10th. You'd be naive to believe, Brian, that there's not going to be a conversation, that they're not going to break bread at some point. Can you salvage relationships at any time with players? What's your history as a manager in the league? Well, with young players, I didn't care really what the relationship was. In other words... A guy on an entry-level contract to me, I'm giving the orders, not him. So it's like you go into the military. When you're, you're a private, you're not giving anybody orders. You're taking orders. So to me, with young players, a player that I want to trade, I don't like this, I'd be like, would you do me a favor and shut up and sit in the back of the bus and keep your mouth shut? I used to tell a team at the start of the year, rookies should be seen and not heard. I don't want to hear a word out of any of you rookies all year. That's how their year started. So I wouldn't try to salvage anything. I'd say, here's the deal. Keep playing well. He's playing well. Keep playing well. We'll see if we can get you something. Yeah. Is there any way they can, do you think, patch up the relationship? Because they could, they could kind of use what he brings, right, as a middle six forward. Not, if he's no, playing. Not, not yet. Uh, he's you don't a, think so? You think the ship no. has sailed? No, no, no. I, I don't think they need him right now. I think that he's got to play okay. the whole year there, tear it up, get his confidence back, gain a little weight. And then I think the deal that is going to be able to be made is going to be a highly conditional deal. That you acquire him for this, and if he does this, you have to put another draft pick in. If he scores 20, you have to put another draft pick in. If he scores 25, it goes up from, say, a third to a second. I think they're going to have to get, Kenny's going to have to get creative here to get uh, any kind of fairness for him. Well, this is, I mean, that's kind of similar to what you worked out with Kevin, right, on the Pronger trade. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not new. We started doing this. I, I think we were the first team to do it. I forget the player. But we started insuring deals back when I was in Vancouver. And I think I was the first GM to do it. But it wasn't my idea. So did anyone listening say, oh, here he goes tooting his own horn again. I think it was Dave Nonis that actually came up with it. And we started doing it and say, they'd say, well, we can't get to this deal. We don't want to do Stoffer for Burke. Well, what if, okay, what if you're writing Stoffer's better? We'll add a pick back in. So it, was, it almost made it impossible for a guy to get cheated on a deal. And I think we started doing that back in 2000. A lot of teams do it now, but I think it's going to have to be highly conditional for this to work out on Yessie. 
And you think even, I mean, even if the Oilers continue to struggle to find secondary scoring, you would just let him stay there for the year and completely rebuild his confidence? Uh, That's what uh, you would do. What I've seen from him, he can't help here. He cannot help here. There you go. There you go. Uh, that's 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 interesting to me. We've had quite a conversation over the last 72 hours also about a kid like Yamamoto who started the year in Edmonton the last two years. And I wondered whether or not after Christmas, if he got in 30 games and was close to a point per game playing in the AHL. And by the way, Brian, it, it, just to confirm, the AHL is a better league than the Finnish league, right? Yes. Okay. Significantly. Whether or not Yamamoto. Yeah, whether or not Yamamoto might get an opportunity. Yeah, they're very different. So American League is NHL ice surfaces. Finnish League, you have a lot of older players. American League tends to be entry-level players. There's 70 probably percent of your the student body. So they're different leagues. But AHL, I would say, is a better league. Much high, Many more higher-rated drafted players playing. Yeah. Uh, switching focus for you. You were in Anaheim, of course, you know, Hartford, but and then in Canada and Vancouver, Calgary, and with the Leafs, you were in Anaheim. Can L.A. rebuild? Can the L.A. Kings actually rebuild in that market? Oh, sure. Sure, they might have a tough time. Remember, people have to remember the whole revenue-sharing program the league has. If you go through a tough time and your attendance drops, you change the status in the revenue-sharing program. So if their attendance dropped dramatically, they'd pick up more on the revenue-share side. So it's not it's not fatal to do a rebuild, even when there's consequences at the gate. I don't think they have a choice. I don't see a quick fix for them. Rob Blake's a smart guy. He doesn't need my advice. But I don't see assets they can move to get back assets, assets that make them younger and better right now. I think they're just going to have to lump it. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. They sat out to Foley last night. There are a bunch of NHL people uh, watching their games. People think that Trevor Lewis, who's a UFA, might be going as well. And th- this is going to be a different challenge for Todd McClellan because he had a, he went to San Jose on the heels of them being a 50-win team under uh, Ron Wilson. And he won 50 games two of his first three years in San Jose. And then the Oilers had some, obviously, emerging prospects when he came here. L.A., to me, are in a very different situation. There, I think well, there's going to be some... T- uh, they they are, know? and the difficulty is if they struggle like they do and you start trading first-round picks, you know, it's like there's no different than me putting a, a first-round pick in for Phil Kessel. It turned out being second overall. Now, everybody lottery protects him. Right. Now. Nobody did that back then, but... We had a long talk about the risk of doing that, and we never dreamed that we would finish that poorly. So that's the the risk is if they do struggle for the rest of the year and they've got high picks, they better make sure they keep them. Well, I mean, you, get, you ended up giving up, what, a second and what was Hamilton, a ninth? And I don't think, no, no, I, I think no, you no, maybe it, thought maybe. It wasn't Hamilton. It was a the player was taken later. Okay, I, I, I no, I thought you, the second was Sega, and the next year was the Hamilton pick. But maybe I'm wrong in terms of the year on that with Toronto. Anyhow, yeah, uh, so I, you're I you're so. in. Yeah. We're in this situation that you're in right now, if you're L.A., it's it's going to be uh, inter- i got to ask you about New Jersey as well because I don't think they're in the same spot as L.A. Like, I think L.A. knows they've got to rebuild it. New Jersey was planning on going for it this year, icing a competitive team 
Taylor made some comments last night, Taylor Hall. To me, when I watch uh, New Jersey play and I see them play, goaltending is the biggest issue there. They can't, they're not getting the stops. I actually don't think they have that bad of a team. What type of team, Brian, do you think New Jersey has right now? Well, what they have that L.A. don't have is they've got a couple of young stars that aren't stars yet, but everyone thinks they're going to be. You know, no one doubts about Hughes or or any of these other guys that they're going to be good players. Heaster is already a good player. They're just not playing that well right now, and they're not getting any stops at all from the goaltender. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So I think they're in a very different spot. Their future's much sooner and much brighter than L.A.'s. But you remember, yeah. uh, uh, they start throwing rocks at L.A., they got two rings. Those guys all have two rings. Abs- all day. All sometimes, day. And sometimes... Yep. You have to lock guys up after they win, and that's the, the bonus they get. The, you know, the serendipity they get is that they get longer term than they should have and more money than they should have, but guess what? When they go to the bank and cash their checks, they're wearing two rings. And that is ultimately what you're playing for, isn't it, Brian? Yep. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, the Kings have some real nice prospects. They're just not with L.A., referring to Turcotte, who's a tremendous player at Wisconsin, Akil Thomas, B- Bjornfoot, and even Kaliev is an exciting player in the OHL uh, as now. We're joined by Brian Burke. Brian Calgary, they're better than 6-6-2, six, six, aren't they, the Flames? Yes, they'll sort it out, I think. I was just with the coaches at the Heritage Classic, and um, they're not panicking at all. They believe in the group. They just haven't sorted it out. They're the most penalized team in the NHL with a not very physical team. So they're taking ticky-tack penalties. They're taking dumb penalties. Their penalty killing is excellent, but they're still getting killed by power play goals. They believe in the group. They believe they'll sort it out. And I sense that from talking to the players I talked to as well. How much fun did you have in Regina? Well, I, you know, I've been in Regina scouting before, and, and the people are marvelous, and the stadium is beautiful. I mean, it's it's an NFL-quality stadium with 30,000 seats. So we had a guess. People were great to us. The game was, was great. The conditions weren't perfect. But by the third period, the wind died down, the snow let up, and it was like dream conditions, just like when you played outside when you were on a kid, when you were a kid on a, a perfect day. Not much wind, nice hard ice, not much snow on the ice. And it was perfect, and that's what it was like in the third period. It was amazing. Edmonton started this whole thing of the Heritage slash Winter Classic uh, November. Uh, I think it was the twenty second because it was the same day as Kennedy's assassination uh, back in two thousand three. What was your initial thoughts 
when it when when the concept was first out there because the league's really run with this thing, Brian. Well, my first reaction was it's going to be too cold, and it was. It was minus thirty-five or something. Wasn't it crazy? I had that's I nothing tickets. for Western Canadians. Yeah, it is for <laughs> hockey players. I got uh, I got frostbit one time when I stayed out and played when it was like minus twenty Fahrenheit. I got frostbite on my cheeks and the end of my nose and the end of my ears. And it's no fun. But I, I, it, it, at some point, you have to call a game off because it's too cold. So I thought, well, they're really running a risk because it's going to be too cold. Then it was. I actually had tickets to that game and didn't fly up from Vancouver because I thought it would be too cold. And so, um, but I thought, if it works, it's cool. But then you're like, okay, snow, wind, what could go wrong? Lots could go wrong. And then, if you know, you do it in Calgary, you get a Chinook. Guess what? Back then, they didn't have the ice-making capability they do now. Now that they can play, they can play up to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, as long as there's no direct sunlight. So they've evolved this into, they pull in with a bunch of trucks, they unload, they build the rink, they break it down, and they go somewhere else. It's unbelievable, the technology and the method they've developed to do this. So I think they're fantastic. I love them. I never got to play in one with my teams. Uh, I went to one, uh, the very first one, I think, at Fenway Park. Well, not the first one. The first one was in Canada. But the first one the league put on uh, was at Fenway Park. We announced the, the 2010 U.S. Olympic game right after the game. So I was at that game, and I got to walk around. And the cool part for me was I like baseball, too. So I went out, and I stood right where Carl Yastrzemski stood in left field by the big green monster. And I went to center field and stood right where, where uh, what's his name, the, the guy from USC, Freddie Lynn stood. And then he went and stood where Dwight Evans stood, where the three outfielders, when I was, you know, growing up and was starting to learn the thing. So 75 cool. Worlds. Were you heartbroken in the 75 World Series, Brian? Yeah, I, we had moved to Minnesota. I only lived in Boston for a year when I was a kid. We had moved to Minnesota by then. But, uh, yeah, that was that was, uh, that was a heartbreaker. I, I, and the, the Freddie Buckton one was even worse. Yeah, uh, yeah, Billy Buckner back in '86, obviously '75. Uh, Louis Tion, right? Yep, yep. He was money. Awesome stuff, Brian. We appreciate your time. Uh, keep driving the truck, okay? Okay, my pleasure. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Burke. And speaking of the truck, I'm in an F-150, courtesy of our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. Get a no-charge winter performance package on most cars, trucks, and SUVs, plus 0% financing on F-150s and select SUVs. Brent Ridge is an eight-time Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Call 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge and tell now sent you. Guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Visit the Edmonton South Downtown Northside and Sherwood Park locations quickly into the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Stay tuned. we got some cool stuff coming up with James H. Brown as the season progresses. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com for the next 25 seconds. You're going to hear Brendan Escott's voice. Jets defenseman Dustin Bufflin reportedly had surgery for a high ankle sprain while away from the team on a personal leave. He is now out until the new 
new year. The Lightning lost defenseman Victor Hedman indefinitely with a lower body injury. Patrick Maroon joins him on the IR with an upper body injury after getting wobbled in that fight. Uh, Canucks forward Michael Ferland left last night's game with an upper body issue. He is questionable tomorrow against Anaheim. And speaking of the Ducks, Josh Manson out five to ten weeks with an MCL sprain in his left knee. Elsewhere, Flyers forward Scott Lawton placed on IR with a broken right index finger will miss at least four weeks, Bob. Coming up next, clear the track. It's Eddie Shack after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.